stuff, you know, but good yes. Christian yes. music. And I felt better. Yes. And after a while, I felt the Lord. Yes. Right there at work. And I, I was just listening to that, and I, I just thought to myself, I want to sing this song. Gotta move. 
was in jail. Nobody could go there jail, but when the Lord got ready, they had to move, they had to move, they had to move. You gotta move, you gotta move, you gotta move. You gotta move, you gotta move, you gotta move. When the Lord gets ready, you gotta move, you gotta move, you gotta move. You may be high, or you may be low.
Hebrews 5 and 12 says, For when for when for the time ye ought to be teachers, ye have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God, and are become such as have need of milk and not of strong meat. For everyone that useth milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe, but strong meat belongeth to them that are of full age, even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. Therefore, keep going, there's a therefore, so you have to read before that. Therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on unto perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God, of the doctrine of baptisms and of laying on of hands and of resurrection of the dead and of eternal judgment. And this will we do if God permit. This will we do if God permit. Um, well, I'll tell you my title in a minute. But let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you, Lord, for this service, God. Thank you, Lord, for your presence today, God. Thank you for your word, Lord. We pray that you'll help us tonight, God. Help us to make an altar. Lord, come by and touch us, Lord, and talk to us, Lord, and get in our way, Lord. In Jesus' name we ask it. Amen. Well, there's a blue fan sitting there. People, I didn't turn it um, I'd like to preach on not a fan. Not a fan. Uh, fan is one of those weird homonym words. Okay, it, it's a, it, you can you can use it two different ways. Is is basically what that means. I think it's also called a poly something or other. I don't know poly meaning many many meanings. So you can use that meaning and it can mean different things. Okay, lots of words are like that. This fan here that's in the church is a thing that usually goes on the ceiling. I've never seen them anywhere else, really, not like this. It's a ceiling fan, okay? And it turns really fast and circulates air, okay? The other kind of fan that I want to talk to you about, and that's just a visual, so maybe you can remember. The other kind of fan is the bench warmer kind of fan, you know? The fan that sits on the sidelines and just watches everybody else play. They don't really participate. They don't really do anything. They they kind of cheer the team on, and you know that'll help them sometimes or whatever. But really, they're not in the game. They're just on the sidelines, and they're just watching. They're not. They don't have the ball. They, forgive me for the analogy. Okay, but they don't catch the ball. They don't run. They don't do anything like that. They may make some noise, but that's all they do. They're just. Fans, and I wish I had a sticky note to put it on there and said, just a fan. Because even though it's pretty and it's good and, and all that, it's just a fan. Visual. It's just a fan. There was a, uh, a book some time ago, and I got his name because I didn't want to plagiarize him. His, his, the author's name is Kyle Eidelman. He wrote a book called Not a Fan. I've never read the book. I think I've heard people maybe talk about it or whatever. But his point was, if, uh, if I'm not wrong, and really I'm just going to get the title of his book and make it the title of my message, yeah. Not a Fan. Okay, so I may have the book wrong. You can go read it yourself if you want to. It's a Christian book. I don't know what they say, so there's that disclaimer. But not a fan, but rather a follower. 
Because there is a difference between somebody that sits on the sidelines. Because, you know, when you read about Jesus' followers, there was some that was right up close to him. There was some that was even closer than them. And then there was those on the outside that said, yeah, I remember Jesus. But they didn't know Jesus. They were fans of Jesus, but they were not followers of Jesus. And tonight, just for a few minutes, I'm not going to take real long. I just want to talk about not a fan. Not a fan. Uh, in our scripture text, it talks about being perfect. In the Old Testament, God said, Be ye holy as I am holy. And in the New Testament, Jesus reiterates that and says, Be ye perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. This word perfect is not saying you've never done anything wrong or, or nothing like that. I have done plenty wrong, and I hate to tell you, you may fall out with me, but even after I've gotten saved, I've done plenty wrong. I've had to crawl back to an altar and beg the Lord to forgive me again and again and again and again. I wish it wasn't like that, but I'm just telling you the truth. But this word perfect, thank the Lord, does not necessarily mean that. But it means mature. It means grown up. Okay? So when you are growing up or when you are grown up, we still drink milk, but we don't use a big bottle and, you know, get back in our crib when we go to sleep, you know. We don't do that. That would be strange. That would be something wrong with that. And, by the way, there are people that actually do this, in case you didn't know. I don't know if it's a disorder, but there, something's disordered, okay. But it, 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 they, they literally will have a perfectly good conversation with you. I've seen them interviewed before I got saved. I've watched them interview and blah, blah, blah. And then they'll go back home and they like being a baby. They like going home, putting on their diapers, getting in their crib and having somebody literally take care of them. Literally. Grown men are like this. There's something wrong here. There's something that's not right. Okay? There's something that's lacking or there's something that maybe is there. I don't know. But there's something not right. That's not normal for a person. It's not normal for a person to do that and to act that way. For a baby, yes. That's perfectly normal. It's perfectly normal for a baby to cry and to wear a diaper and all that and, and to have a bottle and all that stuff. That's okay for the baby. That's perfectly fine for him. Nobody comes to a baby and says, now you need to grow up. You ain't doing that right. No. You don't give a baby a steak and say, now hurry up. I'm tired of feeding you all day. You don't do that. What's going to happen to the baby? You're going to kill the baby because he's going to try to eat whatever you give to him and he's going to choke on it. So it's okay for the baby to be on the milk. Yes. But there comes a time when the baby gets old enough that yes. he's got to move forward right. into perfection yes. and get yes. mature in Christ. Right. There comes a time for that. Amen. There comes a time when things change in the Jewish culture. I think it's called a bar mitzvah or a bat mitzvah, you know, depending on the boy or girl. Um, but really, tonight we're talking about spiritual maturity, and that's what it's talking about here. Yes. And that includes physical maturity at times. Yes. But really, it, it, the root of it is spiritual maturity. Yes. Um, I think that's what the writer of Hebrews is saying when he says, I ha basically, I have things to tell you. I have things, but you're not able to handle them right now. You should be teachers. You should be out helping others, but instead you are babes. Now, I, I just just a disclaimer. I did not uh, sit down at the table and say, "Okay, let me think of who's in the church, and so and so needs this." So I'm gonna. I didn't do that. Okay, this is just what I got. Um, I could go through the whole spill. This is what I got. 
Okay, so don't 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 think that. But there comes a time when we've got to move forward. And, and he said, I, "You you should be teachers. You should be out helping other people. But instead, you are babes again. You are in this stage of spiritual childhood, if I can say it that way. Because when you are when a baby is a baby, okay, he, he doesn't he can't do anything." He's literally got to have somebody take him around everywhere, take care of him hand and foot. Like I said, that's okay for a baby. But Paul is saying, this is not where you should be. You should be further along, but you are a baby. And then he goes on and he says, uh, let's see. Well, he goes on to say, talk about that meal, but we'll get to that in a minute. But there are some things, there are some that it's time to grow up in God. Yes. Not a fan of Jesus anymore, but let's be followers. Let's be followers. And I'm not saying you're not, I'm just saying. Let's be followers of Jesus. There are many that's on the bench side, that's on the sidelines. Some it may even wear a, a uniform. That's why they call them bench warmers. Some may even wear a uniform, but they're warming the bench. They're watching everybody else get in to the game, but they're not getting in themselves. They enjoy watching the game. They love coming to it. They're even a part of it because they wear the jersey. They even have their own number, but they never get the ball. They never run a base. Forgive me for the analogy, but they never do that. They're always on the side. In other words, they're fans. But they're not Followers, I want to preach to you about not a fan. Yes. Not a fan. So there are many people spiritually, and I know I'm going to slow. There's many people spiritually that are fans. You sit on the sidelines of the Lord. You watch other people get healed. You watch other people get saved. You watch other people get the Holy Ghost. And you love it. And that's great. So did I when I was a babe. I remember I would sit on the back, I would yeah. sit on the sidelines, and I'd be like, man, that's great. Somebody would be seeking for the Holy Ghost, I knew nothing about it, but I wanted whatever they had. I didn't ever get in, but I would stay till the service was done, because they were the last ones praying, because usually that's how you seek for the Holy Ghost. You stay there, and you fight, and you press through, and you pray through, and, and, and I would stay there, I wouldn't get in, but I was... I was a babe in Christ. But there came a time in my own personal experience that I remember that I was, maybe not the exact moment, but I remember after a while I got hungry for what I had been enjoying and watching. And I was ready to begin to partake in the game. I, you, you may have watched other people get healed, saved, filled with the Holy Ghost. But it's time to not be a fan of that anymore. But it's time to move up in God and to press in with God and to get those things that you've been cheering on and you've been watching and, and you want. You don't know how to get it, but you need to get in the game. You'll never win the game if you don't get in it. But what do people think of me? What will this happen? What will that happen? You've got to put that aside, especially if I can pinpoint on this, especially if you want the Holy Ghost. Because you, can, you cannot have pride, I'm sorry, when you have the Holy Ghost. I don't think you can. It's hard. I preached, I taught on pride in the Sunday school lesson the other day. Wasn't that good, Aurora? It was, it was all right. It was pretty good. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Guess what I dealt with for like a week after that? Woo! Thank you. Yes. And so if I fall on my face tonight, the Lord's helping me. All right? There is something else you and I sit 
on the sidelines about. And we watch as other people have a solid prayer life. Amen. A solid, I think it was Sister Rebecca that said it the other day, uh, a reading life. That is so, so important. Yeah. So important. Um, I was, you ever listen to people pray? Yeah. I do that. Yeah. Don't pray about anything real, real personal when you're around me. Use code names that only the Lord would know or something because I listen. I like to listen. That's how I learn about things. When I first got saved, I would listen to people, how they would pray over me and how they would pray. And I would kind of not mock them, but I was learning yeah. how to pray. Yeah. And I was listening to, um, well, I was listening to Brother Payne when he was here. And I hope he wouldn't mind me saying it. Yeah. But I have never heard people, well, I have heard some people, but they pray so differently, if I can say that. If I, I say it. Reverently, I'm not trying to be funny or anything. Um, I could hear him. I was at Brother Jeff's house. I saw on the porch. I guess he was in the room with the door shut. It was a wall. You know their house is brick. I could hear him. And he wasn't, I hope he'll forgive me if he ever hears this. And he wasn't saying, I couldn't really understand him. But he wasn't saying, Lord, thank you for all that you've done. And uh, what did I do yesterday? He wasn't doing that. He was saying, He was yeah. praying, brother. Yeah. He was yeah. bearing down and doing business with God. He was shutting the door not only physically, but he was shutting the door in his mind to everything else. And the devil saying, why are you doing that? There is no sense in you doing that. And he was pressing and praying through. And it's probably not the first time he started doing that. Daniel did not get a prayer life when he was carried off to Babylon. He had an experience with God when he was carried off. And that's what made him the man that he was. Uh, when I used to live at home, sorry, there was times early in the morning, I'd hear her praying. She'd be on the other side of the house, door shut, and I'd hear the same thing, prayer. I couldn't understand what she was saying, but she was praying. Amen. So it's time, I wrote down this, this is going to sound good, ready? It's time to get off the bleachers and get in the waters. Like that? Yes. Time to get off the bleachers and get in the water. So how does the Bible say, and we can even look in just these scriptures, how does it say that we mature? Look with me, chapter 6. Chapter 5, verse 14. It says, but strong meat, remember, strong meat belongs unto someone. You can't just give a baby strong meat, they'll die. But when they're ready, strong meat belongeth to them. And by the way, Side note, belongeth, please correct me if I'm wrong, but every time I've ever seen the ETH, I heard somebody not too long ago, uh, she'd say, oh, the King James Version Bible, all the all the ye's and the, and the these and all that. There's meaning behind all that. I, 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 don't, I don't like when people say, and I'm not against other uh, translations necessarily, but this is my base. Yeah. But there is a meaning behind the these and the ye's and the ETH's. Yeah. It doesn't just sound pretty. Yeah. Okay. I, I'm not against them, but I don't, forgive me, but I don't like when people say, uh, well, if you like the King James Version, it sounds pretty. That There's more meaning in all this yeah. than just it sounding good. Okay. Yeah. When it says belongeth, 
right there in verse 14, when it says ETH, and you can you could look this up, you can correct me if I'm wrong or, or do your own research. When it says ETH, that is something almost like in the English, in our in our modern English, when we say ING, but even more so. It's talking about something that I think they call it infinity or something like that. It's something that's continually going on. It's something that that doesn't did went on before that would be ed it's not something that's going to go on in, in the future it's something that's going on right now continually when the bible says he that sinneth is of the devil that's talking about somebody that does not slip and fall but that's talking about someone that is right now continually on in their sin when the bible says he that believeth is it, it will have eternal life that's not talking about somebody that believed at one time and then stopped that's talking about right now now, in the present moment, somebody that is continually on in their belief system or in their belief. ETH, it means something. But strong meat belongeth right now continually to them that are of full age. Got to have that. Even those, this is the people that's of full age. Even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. Yeah. Right. Don't judge me. Judge not. You ever heard that? Well, it's Bible. Well, read on. Jesus was against hypocritical judgment. Right. He was against the hypocrites going out laying burdens on someone that they with their one finger would not touch. Right. They, Jesus did teach against that. But here it says, and I'm not saying Jesus said this, but. There's no but. It goes together. Yeah. It's both the word of God. It says, but strong meat belongeth to them that are full age, even those who by reason of use. It's saying that those who are, forgive me, I don't mean to translate it. But it seems to me like it's saying that those who are of full age are those who use their senses and discern between good and evil. Yeah. Right. That, that is those who are of full age, who says this is right and pleasing to God, and this is not right and pleasing to God. The Bible says seek out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Don't forget that part. Well, I'm going to seek out my own salvation with fear. And trembling because there are a lot of things that you and I are not going to do because either of someone else or because of just a hesitation if we have fear and we have trembling with our seeking of our own salvation. So this is to them that are of full age who use their senses to discern both good and evil. If you are going to be a follower of Jesus, then you cannot be a fan of sin. Right. Like I said, I don't want to be a hypocrite. I have slipped up. I have messed up. I'm not going to stand here and say I have never made a mistake and you need to be like me. I wish I could. That'd be great. I'm sorry. But you cannot be a follower of Jesus if you are a fan. If you are a fan of other things. I, I'm not archaic. I can't use this, right? <laughs> you get the point, though. <laughs> you cannot be a fan. So again, not a fan. Not a fan of Jesus and not a fan of sin, but rather a follower of Jesus. Holy. I'll put in a... Um, you're sitting in here. I thought about it earlier. Please forgive me. But I, I put in an essay for a, a class or a, a place I'm trying to apply to. They were asking for a scholarship thing, so I put in the essay. And the question was, 
that you had to write about was what is the um, what is the the number one issue in the world or problem in the world, and what would you do to fix it? So you know what I put I put I make this whole long spill, and then I finally I let them know I think at the beginning the biggest problem in the world is lack of love. Yes, that's, that's right. What it is. And then I let them know that Jesus is really the only one that can fix that. That's right. Can bring that. That's right. So follower of Jesus only. You cannot put him, we know this, we cannot put him with so-and-so and so-and-so and so-and-so and, so and, so and just have him right there with all other gods. We have to have him one and only. Yes. And only. He does not like that. When we, when we worship someone else, when we idolize someone else, I don't care if you've met them or you've never met them, right. be careful. Yes. Be careful. But at the same time, don't swing the pendulum all the way to the other direction. Uh, the Bible says, cast not away therefore your confidence in which has great recompense of reward. Yes. Don't cast that away and say, I got no confidence in nobody. That's no. not right. That's not right. So, can't be a fan of worldliness. I was saying earlier about the uh, the music, you know, it, it wasn't it wasn't that I turned on this, and I'm, I don't I don't think I can really say that it's just completely wrong, but there's a lot of music that you can turn on, whether it be the radio or whatever, and it'll have good lyrics. If you wrote them out, they sound pretty good, but there's to me there's something about the way they sound, the the beat that seems to pull at Jamie's flesh. I don't like listening to some of them because for that reason. But when I was listening to that, it was just old bluegrass. I mean, I don't know how you feel about that. I, I mean, it was great. And I felt the Lord. I felt better. I, I felt better about, you know, where I was at. But there's something we have to be careful. We have to be careful not to put worldliness in front of our eyes or in our ears. Careful what you watch. Be careful what you listen to. Yes. Amen. So when you listen to these songs, let me ask you, does it bring you closer to Christ? Or does it make you feel good and you're like, man, that would be... That, you know. Or does it give you a sense or, a, or a, a, an attitude of saying, I gotta hurry, or saying, I'm going to do my own thing and I want to do what I want to do. Because some of, some of that, maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm just rambling. I'm sorry. But some of that music seems to do that. It, 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 does it make you want to serve God and call your pastor and say, Hey, pastor, guess what I did today? Or does it make you want to say, I don't want to have nothing to do with him because he's telling me what I need to do and how I need to live. Is that the music that God has ordained to worship Him? No, it's not. It, it, rather, it's rebellion, which is the sin of witchcraft. I don't want witchcraft in my ears. Amen. There was one preacher that actually said that. He said that he was talking about a certain kind of music. He said it's witchcraft. It is. Let me ask you something else. If that music that you're listening to, whatever it is, whatever it is. If an 80-something-year-old grandma got in church and sang it with no music, just her, would you still get the blessing that you got out of it listening to it in your ear pod? Yeah, right. Or was it just that? Okay. I love to hear Sister Ann Gabbard sing. Yes! Y'all heard her sing. I love to hear Sister Ann sing. Now, I, I really don't want her to hear this. I'd rather Brother Payne hear the other thing. But, I mean, you know, she she's... You know, she's an old, older lady, okay? And she, 
But I love to hear her sing. She may not have the, you know, whatever voice, but what uh, we were over, or I was over in Alabama not too long ago, and she got up and she started singing right before Brother Gabriel preached. Brother Gabriel didn't even get to preach. Yeah. I mean, he probably could have if he wanted to, you know, he's, you know, but he didn't. She got up and she sang, and the Holy Ghost filled the place just about as soon as she opened her mouth. Amen. 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 So it matters. It matters what we're filling ourselves with. It matters what we're feeding ourselves with. Amen. On Saturdays, I go to teach a class, a guitar class, to some of the guys down in Statesboro. And my point in, in trying to teach them guitar is not for them to be dependent on me. My point in this class is to get them in guitar with such a place, and I hope I'm making sense, in such a place that they can basically teach themselves. I want to get them to a platform where they can jump off and, and play whatever they want to play. I try not, to, I try to stay away from some music, you know, because they, they, they'll get all kinds of music they want me to, anyhow. It is weird. But I try to get them to a place where they can go on by themselves. Yeah. And, and I've, I've wondered, because that's kind of the place that we need to be as Christians. Yeah. We need to be at a place, yeah. and I'm going to clarify this, we need to be at a place where we can basically, in some ways, what I'm saying is the guitar class, teach ourselves guitar and go on. But that does not mean that you get the idea and the attitude, especially towards your pastor and your pastor's wife. Yes. Amen. I felt a little cut on that one, but that's all right. Especially towards the leaders that God has set up in the church. Amen. You do remember what happened to the gainsayings of Kor. You do remember how God did a new thing. And again, I'm not saying, oh, we need to worship Brother Jeff's not. He, he, you know he's not like that. But at the same time, there was a problem when they came up to Moses and they said, you take too much. This isn't in my notes. They take, you take too much upon you. And he put his head down and he said, oh, Korah, you take too much upon you. You know what the problem was that day? They didn't want the pastor, that's what he was, to them. They didn't want the pastor telling them how to live holy. That was the problem. Go back and read that. The problem was that God told Moses, not Miriam, not Aaron, not so-and-so, not the, the church boss or the, or the church boss said or whatever you want to say. Not, not, but he told the pastor and he said, I want you to tell them to get a blue ribbon and hang it on your garments or I can't remember, strap it around, something like that. And the meaning behind it was when you see it and re you will remember, be ye holy for I am holy. They did not like that. They didn't like that. Well, I hear from God too. And God said, no, you don't. No, you don't. Amen. As a mature Christian, my brother and sister, it is not our responsibility to go through the congregation and say, you won't believe, Brother Ricky, what Moses told me today. You won't believe what he's trying to pass today. Show me that in Scripture. Well, he knows you and God is dealing with him. And it's not our responsibility to cause contention in the brethren towards our pastor that did not please God in that day. That did not please God when he did a new thing, opened up the earth and swallowed Korah and his household into it for that reason. 
but rather as mature Christians, we should be, I've been reading in the book of Genesis, and we should... We should be rather like the men who got up behind Moses and Moses had his arm up and he had the staff up. And the Bible says as long as he had his arms up, the children of God prevailed against, I can't remember who it was. Amen. And so he was getting tired. He'd put it down and they'd lose. He'd put it back up and they'd win again. He'd put it back, back down. So some men got an idea. They came around him. They put him on a rock, sat him down and lifted up his arms and held them so that the people of God could go forward. And they were talking about all the homosexuality and all that going on in the Methodist church. You know, it started somewhere. I don't think personally that it started there. I don't think that was the first problem. I think the first problem was some way earlier down the road. Amen. And I don't know what it was. And I'm not here to say what it was. Amen. But when we start letting little things in our life, and we, when we start going back, and now we are needing to be teachers, we are needing to uphold the man of God, we are needing to uphold holiness and rather we are going backwards and not upholding any of it and then Amen. so though what I was saying with the guitar class I want them to get to a place where they can teach themselves that does not give for us an application towards that that does not give us an allowance to say well I can teach. I sought my own salvation. I know what I'm doing. I've got this. When somebody around you starts saying, I know what I'm doing. I've got this. Get away from them because they are about to mess up. Something's about to fall. And either spiritually or physically, if you're not careful, you will mess up with them. I'm not. I'm just telling you. Maybe that's just an opinion. I'm just telling you. Be careful. Yes. Be careful. The Bible says pride cometh before a fall. Where does contention come from? The Bible tells us pride. Ooh, Lord, help me. Amen. But mature enough to go on unto perfection. Amen. So if somebody wants to come get a song, I'm quitting. So how... Do we get there? There's a lot of ways. And there's probably something specific that the Lord's been dealing with you about to get there. Whatever that is. I don't know. I'm just telling you. But one of the biggest ways that I think is universal for everybody is read your Bible, pray every day. Pray every day. But it's simple. I thought we were supposed to be doing some crazy formula that's a mystery. And the, the formula's here. The formula is in the Word of God. The formula is here, and then there's a lot of times when we read this and we say, mm, I don't like that, so I'm going to twist this and change that, and then you need to go pray because you're getting rebellious. Something's getting wrong because you don't you want to do what you want to do. So how do we get there? How do we get to be mature Christians? How do we get to the place where we are not a fan anymore, but rather we are close, we are followers. There was those people that was on the outward edge, and then there was ones that was a little closer, and then some that was even closer, and then you have the twelve disciples. And then you think, that was great. Well, Judas was a part of that. So, okay. But then, you had some, some folks that was even closer than the twelve. You had the two. And then you had the one. That was John. 
John was the one at the Last Supper when he laid his head on Jesus and he said, Lord, and he had a question for him. He said, who is it that's going to betray you? Who, who is it? And they started asking him, they started saying, you know, is it I? Is it me? Who is it? He didn't say, was it Brother Joe? He didn't say, was it Sister Sheila? He said, is it me? Is it I? And here's that ETH word again. He said, it's he that did that to stop me. I don't, I don't, I'm on a side note. Please forgive me. I took a lot of this. But I don't think it was just that it's he that is right now at this moment has his hand on the piece of bread and now it's in the sock with me right now. It's he that has been fellowshipping with me. It's one of the twelve. It's one of the close ones. But you don't have to be there. You can be not a fan anymore. Judas had a t-shirt. He had a name. He had a name and he had a, a, a number on the back of his jersey. But he was on the sideline. He carried the bag and the writer of the gospel said he was a thief out of the bag. But he did it. The sock of Jesus. So you can tonight graduate from fan to follower. You say, well, I am a follower. I believe you. But there may be somewhere else the, the we're not Elijah and the chariot of fire hasn't come down for me or for anybody else that I've seen yet. Maybe one day. But not yet. So we haven't arrived. Right. We haven't gotten there. There's somewhere else that we can go. Let's get off the bench. Let's get into the waters. Let's stop being yes. Amen. Just keep pressing. 